What up, people? Hello, hello, hello. Hey, 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 this is Laura. And this is Ardine, and welcome to another episode with What Happens After Dark. Ooh, what happens after, after dark. dark? People get naked, things happen. They do the wild thing. <laughs> the snapping of bodies. <laughs> I haven't had that action since 2007. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you count my flab flapping together. (laughs) What are you doing jumping jacks? Exactly. I don't have the boobs to hit me in the face, but my tummy flies up and hits me, so we're good. (laughs) I always think if they could just suck the fat from down here and put them into my boobs. Yeah, like relocate yeah relocate the fat there you go relocation witness protection program yeah (laughs) relocation come on doctors come up with something yes exactly (laughs) we've got a sad tale to say right now we're re-recording one because Ardine tell them oh no (laughs) first we want to Deeply apologize. We had technical difficulties when we were recording uh, the Monster of the Andes. Somehow it didn't record the full episode and we did not realize it until after we hit published. Yeah, so it went on to Spotify, (sighs) Apple, everywhere. So you're going to see this one listed twice. Go to the newest one, not the older one. Yes. I don't know how to delete them all off of there. That I have no I just don't know. It's just too much, too. Yeah. It's just going to be like a... 10-minute episode, and you're going to be lost and like, what the hell? So we're doing the real episode right now, so yeah. please forgive us. We're going to do the real monster again. Yes, so we're going to start with some happy news. Happy news, something yeah. cute. The Michigan Zoo welcomes the birth of a critically endangered bongo cat. So, and again, this can be found on upi.com forward slash odd, odd underscore news. And it's, there's a little YouTube video on there. It's so cute. So adorable. It's like a little Bambi. Yeah. They're, I guess they're part of the um, antelope family. And these bongo calves, these bongo antelope, they're very endangered. So the zoo is super excited about this yeah. baby. Yeah, because so. animals usually, when they're in captivity, they don't reproduce. So that's very... Yeah. Rare for them to do that. Yeah. That's nice. I remember when the, the giraffe, baby giraffe was oh. like born a, several years ago and they watching had some that. In Minnesota, too, they had two babies come. Oh, I love giraffes. And they started having other animals reproduce, too, in Como Zoo in Minnesota. Beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful zoo because it's in the middle of a park. Oh. And yeah, and they have like. Um, a place right by the zoo that's all flowers it's like a crystal building you go in and it's all flowers oh, from wow, everywhere it's just beautiful so is it the potter park zoo then because that's where this little guy was born is the potter park well that zoo. one's in michigan this one oh. is in minnesota oh, hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. too many m names for me mm-hmm. <laughs> yes but yeah the eastern bongos they grew up to about four feet tall um, and grow more than eight feet in length. So they are really big. And they fast. They can run oh, yeah. super fast. Yeah. Which I think they would have to be, especially like in like outside of kid captivity, because mm-hmm. then you've got lions and stuff that hunt them. That hunt them, yeah, yeah. The hyenas and 
So they have to be able to jump and run really fast. Be a leaping lemur. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I would love to go to the one of those a different zoo. I've only been I've been to San Diego Zoo when I was a kid and then mm-hmm. I've been to Hogel Zoo here in in Utah, but I haven't been to any other zoos, so that would be kind of cool to a cool zoo is the one in Tampa, Bush Gardens. Oh, I've it has an amusement park within the zoo. So you go do some rides in certain areas, and then you can take the train and go to another area. It's just beautiful. I love Bush Gardens. It's like my favorite. We went yeah. there with Karina and Jaden, and we had a blast. I mean, Dreams we were nice. exhausted because we were there when they opened till they closed and the next day we couldn't move but it was just the best <laughs> it was the best day ever for sure oh nice yeah i want to go i grew up in california and so i've never been to the amusement parks in florida i've mm-hmm. been to like disneyland five mm-hmm. million times and knott's very farm is my favorite mm-hmm. and then um, SeaWorld. I love oh, yeah, SeaWorld. SeaWorld. I've never been to SeaWorld. Yeah, I'd like to I'd go again. To go there. Yeah. Because the last time I went there, I was a kid. And then the San Diego Zoo is right there, too. So I just love... I think underwater wildlife is my favorite. I, yeah. I'm a water person. Mm-hmm. And so I really enjoy those things, looking at mm-hmm. the animals underneath and so stuff. Pretty. Yeah. Well, so here we're going to start with the monster of the Andes. Take two. Doesn't she sound excited? <laughs> <laughs> he's just—he's so creepy. After he is so. I know. Over his facts again, it's like oh. Yeah. No, he is bad guys. So buckle up and hold on to your underwear. Yes. So this is the disclaimer. Uh, what happens after dark does not condone violence or murder. We are just presenting the facts of some really screwed up individuals, and believe me, this guy is mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah, mm. terrible human. Not mm. even human. I wouldn't even classify. I wouldn't even. Human. Me neither. There's in the pictures. There's no life in his eyes. No. There's just nothing. He's very there. devoid of light in oh, his eyes. It's terrible. It's like demonic eyes. Yeah. Very good. It's, yes. Yeah. His name was Pedro Alonso Lopez, the monster of the Andes, and that is putting it lightly. I mean, there's no description. Or words that can describe this this guy. Yeah, no. Just the monster. Terrible. So he was born in October 8, 1948 in Santa Isabel, Colombia. Ding, ding. Columbia. Seems like the major creatures come from there. Camargo was, was there from Colombia, too. Yeah. Yep. So it's a... He is a Colombian-born... Confessed serial killer accused of raping and killing more than 300 girls across South America. That's what's just mind-blowing to me is Mm -hmm. the amount of victims. And those are the ones that they know of. There is no way at the rate that he was killing that there's not more victims. There's plenty more. Yeah. There's plenty more, yeah. So aside from unsighted local accounts, Lopez's crimes first received international attention when, from an interview conducted by Ron Leitner, a long-time freelance photojournalist who reported interviewing Lopez in his Ambato prison cell in 1981. Ambato is in Ecuador. Yeah. That's where he got caught. Sucker. 
So Leitner's interviews were widely published, first in Chicago Tribune, then it was in Toronto Sun, the Sacramento Bee, uh, and then later in many other North America papers and foreign publications over the years. Apart from Leitner's account and two brief Associated Press Wires reports, the story was published uh, The World's Most Infamous Murders by Bohr and Blundell. Wow, he was world known. To have killed that many. That's okay. what they like, though. They like that they're so, like, infamous, you know. That just such adds to pride the in it. It adds to the craziness. According to Leitner's story, Lopez became known as the Monster of the Andes in 1980 when he led police to the grave of 53 of his victims in Ecuador, all girls between 9 and 12 years old. They're just babies at that mm -hmm. age. Oh, poor little peanuts. In 1983, he was found guilty of murdering 110 young girls in Ecuador alone, and he confessed to a further 240 murders of missing girls in the neighboring countries, Peru and Colombia. Uh, Lopez was released from prison in 1998. Can you believe they released no. a human being like this? No. Like, yeah. I feel like that makes the authorities at fault as well. Of they may course. not have been the ones that committed the crime, but releasing somebody that they know without a shadow of a doubt is so evil mm -hmm. and wants to do it more, they release them, it's on them. Yeah, and he flat out says that's his mission. That's what he wants to do. So why would you let someone go? It doesn't matter what the law says. You look the other way. If you can look the other way for other stupid stuff, especially in Spanish countries, yeah, you know, where the money is what determines stuff. Like if the family were willing to pay to get him killed, take the money, let them kill him. Exactly. But don't let him go. No, I mean... It gets interesting. You're going to see throughout this episode how many times he could have been dead and wasn't. Yeah, he should have... Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is a little bit about his background. So according to Lopez or the monster, his mother was a prostitute with 13 children caught him fondling his younger sister in 1957 when he was eight years old and she evicted him from the family home and he was picked up then by a man taken to a deserted house and repeatedly sodomizing him at age 12 he was taken in by an american family and enrolled in, in a school of orphans he ran away because he allegedly was molested by the male teacher at 18, he says he was gang raped in a prison and he claimed he killed three of the rapists while still incarcerated. Interesting. Mm -hmm. This is just the brief. It goes into detail. So after his jail term, he started preying on young girls in Peru. He later claimed that in 1978, he had killed over a hundred of them. He had been caught by a native tribe where who, who were preparing to execute him when an American missionary intervened and persuaded them to hand him over to the state police. The police soon released him. 
He relocated to Colombia and then later to Ecuador. So killing about three girls a week. If you add how many years he was doing this in three girls a week, three to four, it adds up to way more than 300. So oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. And shame on that missionary for stepping in and And trying them. to save him and letting him go. Oh, that bitch. So, um, so weak. Okay, so he said that he liked the... Uh, I like the girls in Ecuador. They're gentler and trusting and more innocent. The authorities had previously believed the disappearance of so many girls were due to sexual uh, slavery or prostitution. So they didn't believe that it was just one man that could possibly do it. So when Lopez was arrested, uh, when an attempted abduction failed and he was trapped by the markers traders, he confessed to over 300 murders. The police only believed him when a flash flood uncovered a mass grave of many of his victims. So if that didn't happen, they would have said, you're delusional, you know, go fly a kite. Yeah. And so I just feel like there's so many fails here. Oh, (laughs) time and time and again. So according to the BBC, he was arrested in 1980, but was freed by the government in Ecuador at the end of the last year, 1998, and deported to Colombia. In an interview from his prison cell, Lopez described himself as the man of the century and said that he has been released for good behavior. Oh, my gosh. How good. Oh, my God. An A&E arrested biography documentary reports that he was released by an Ecuadorian prison in 31 of August, 1994, and rearrested an hour later as an illegal immigrant, and then he was handed over to the Colombian authorities who charged him with a 20-year-old murder. Uh, he was found to be insane and held in a psychiatric wing of Bogota Hospital. In 1998, he was declared sane and released on a $50 bail. Yes. Oh. Now, this is what I remember back then when he was in Ecuador and they were letting him go. And this is the God honest truth. All the relatives of the victims were waiting for him outside with chains, whips, sticks, stones. They were going to beat him to death. They were waiting for him to step outside and they were going to torture him and kill him. So they decided, nope, we can't let him go because he's going to be dead. So they took him back an hour later before releasing him. And that's when they decided to deport him for being an illegal immigrant. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe it? I mean, right there. Why didn't you just let him go? Exactly. Why? That that and as corrupted as they were back then in the police department, they could have easily let him go and just say, "Okay, you're done." Let him go and turn. Let him go and, and and throw him somewhere, and we'll find him ten years later. Yeah. Oh my God. So this is the AP Wire reports. Two AP Wire reports from nineteen July nineteen eighty and January nineteen eighty one. 
are extant. The first is a late report of Lopez's arrest in March and his confession to killing 103 girls, including 53 who the bodies were found. The second report um, that he was convicted of three murders and had confessed to 300 sexual assaults and strangling. Like he is telling you flat out, keep me in here. Don't let me loose. Yeah, I'm not a good guy, please. I mean, Jesus. So when the monster was arrested in 1980 by the police in Ecuador, his subsequent confessions had made perhaps the most prolific serial murder of all time. After being caught during the attempt of the 12-year-old, uh, the authorities uh, that he he claimed that he had raped the 300 girls in Ecuador, Peru, and Colombia during his drifting travels, oftentimes luring the children away from the busy markets and the streets because in Ecuador, uh, it's like the farmer's market that's on the streets. So the parents are busy selling and they don't, they're not paying attention to the kids. So it's easy to lure them. And they're not really thinking, you know, there's going to be a, even that probably they heard the news about mm -hmm. this guy, but you just don't think that's going to happen. Then exactly. And, and then it does. This is nothing that anybody has ever experienced. So they weren't prepared to be careful and yeah. anything. So authorities in the region have previously noted the surge in missing children and attributed it to a bang of slave traders until Lopez talked and it had been unimaginable to them that one man could be responsible for all the disappearances. So it was mind boggling, but he was also the recipient of some good fortune. After committed roughly one third of his kills in Peru, Lopez was nearly the victim of vigilantes after being caught attempting to lure another young girl from a native tribe. Oh. This is where the missionary stepped in, convinced him not to kill him, that she was going to turn him in to the authorities, and then down the road said, you know what, go out and, and run, like get lost. So she let him go. And then she probably had to live with that guilt, though. I hope so. Yeah. I hope it tortured her for being stupid. <laughs> yeah. So the monster for being exiled from the family at eight after his mother caught him fondling a young sister, he was picked up on the streets by a pedophile who offered food and a place to stay. So he was homeless and grateful and went with this man, obviously being eight years old and sodomized mm -hmm. and repeatedly, you know, being raped. Um, Terrified of strangers, he slept in alleyways, then in empty villages, market stalls. He was drifting from town to town in Bogota. Um, and he was, um, and then that family that provided him with a free room and board, and they enrolled him in the orphan. So, why would you adopt someone just to send him to an orphanage? Yeah, that seemed kind of weird. I don't know, that seemed weird. He must have been acting up or something for yeah. them to want to just get rid of him. So that's when he went at age 12 and allegedly was molested by this teacher. So 
On the second day behind bars, he was 18 years old. He was gang raped by four older inmates, a risk run by young men in jails the world everywhere. I mean, that's the thing. When you're 18, you're young, you have the 40-year-old killer come in, you know. That's Yeah, they're going to show who's boss. Yep, so instead of reporting the crime, the monster fashioned himself a crude knife and went out in revenge. He killed three of his assailants in the next two weeks. Wow. Authorities described the homicide as self-defense and didn't tack any extra years onto his sentence. On release from the present, uh, the monster started stalking young girls with a vengeance. By 1978, uh, the killer estimated he had raped and uh, slain at least a hundred in Peru, at least, if not more. Oh, wow. He, his specialty appeared to be abducting children from Indian tribes, but the technique backfired when he was captured by the Ayacuchos, uh, attempting to kidnap a nine-year-old. So it's Ayacuchos, that's the Indian tribes. Indian tribes, tribes yeah. Okay. So they that's when they were prepared to kill him, and then the missionary let him go. Um, let's see, Ayacuchos. Okay, so selecting me. So a sudden rash of missing girls in three adjacent nations was ascribed to the activity of slavery flash flood near Ambato, Quito, in Ecuador. Uh, they uncovered the bodies of four vanished children. Days later, uh, Carlina Poveda observed uh, the monster leaving the Plaza Rosa, the marketplace, with the 12-year-old her 12-year-old daughter and uh, Maria summoning help. She persuade him and Lopez was captured by another town people in Ecuador who began to suspect him as having to be the one that has to do with all these killings. Um, he tried a different strategy, dressing as a priest. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Uh, then they uh, got this, uh, when he was in prison, they got this priest to pretend to be an inmate, Father Cordoba Gudino, uh, and placed him in the cell with Lopez and leaving him to the suspect's confidence. So they were, he went in there so that he can get him to confess. And boy, did he ever at length. When the padre or the priest had heard enough, uh, Lopez was confronted with evidence of his own admissions, and he broke down, making a full confession uh, with the authorities in Peru, Colombia, sustained, substantiated parts of the prisoner's uh, grisly, almost incredible stories. According to the monster's best estimate, he had murdered 110 or so girls in Ecuador, perhaps 100 or more in Colombia, and 100 or more in Peru. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
So in the course of his confessions, Lopez made an effort to invest his crimes with philosophical trappings. I lost my innocence at age eight, he told the interrogators. So I decided to do the same to as many young girls as I could. Trolling village markets for selecting targets with and certain look of the innocence on the little girls. Um, Lopez first rape his victims, then he stared into their eyes as he strangled them, deriving sadistic pleasure from watching them die, hunting by daylight so darkness could not hide their death throes, so he could not see them die. So he made an effort to make sure that when he killed them, it was during when the sun was coming up so he can see the life living them through their eyes. I'm sure he got off sexually watching them die. Yes, that's what that was his thrill. That's what got him off is watching them how the eyes I don't know if the pupils dilate or they lose their shine or what it does, yeah. but that instant is what he loved the most. So the police were initially skeptical of their suspects, Grandy's claims, uh, and evaporated after Lopez led him to the 53 gate, graves in Ambato. Then they took him seriously, and then they decided, okay, we, ha we are convinced, and he has to be convicted. So originally, he was charged with the 53 murders. Uh, the monster saw the anti-boosted to 110 as a result of his detailed confessions, as Major Victor Loscano, director of the Ambato prison, explained, if someone confesses to 53, you find, and 100 more you don't, you tend to believe what he says. So Lascano also told reporters in the response to questions that I think his estimate of 300 was very low. I believe that too. Yeah. There's no way. So because in the beginning he cooperated with them and took uh, each day to three or four hidden corps, but then he got tired and changed his mind and decided to stop helping them. So the change of heart occurred too late to let the monster of the Andes off the hook. He was convicted of murders in Ecuador and the monster was sentenced to life in prison. A penalty that normally amounts to 16 years old. That's the life sentence in Ecuador. Yeah, that's very disturbing. 300 people and you get 16, 16 years. years? God damn. With time of good behavior, the monster could be eligible for parole in 1990, but Colombia is waiting to receive him, and the penalty for murders there is death by firing squad. So he, these are his words. I often follow tourist families and their beautiful blonde daughters um, in Quito, Ecuador. Uh, modern history's worst murderer, a serial killer of young girls, has been released from prison and is all free to kill again. Oh my gosh. So the monster served less than one month's prison time in Ecuador for each of the 350 young girls he murdered in the three countries. But now he's free because the county holding him has no death penalty and had to release him after 20 years. 
Lopez became known as the Monster of the Andes in 1980. Uh, when Lopez was a prisoner in Ecuador, the journalist was granting the only interview he ever gave. Meeting the world's most modern serial killer required preparation. Oh, yeah. I bet. Mentally. Mentally. Mm -hmm. Everything. So the monster was held in the center of an otherwise abandoned section of Ambato prison on the top of the mountain, far from the other prisoners for safety. Uh, there was an unofficial reward believed raised by the families of his victims, $25,000 back then. It's like $500,000 now. Yeah, that's, yeah. For any guard or prisoner who could kill him and was searched for weapons and as I went through three levels of security. So they protected him. I don't understand that. I don't either. So he'd take off his shoes, he'd tippy-toe down the corridor, he would peek over the edge of the small barred window into his cell. The monster of the Andes, as he was known, was on the floor, sitting against a wall, huge hands flexing. On the wall behind him were fading, faded clippings of his mass murder trial. This man was known for his ginormous hands and yeah. the strength. Look at the pictures that we've posted because his hands are, are literally ginormous. Literally ginormous. You can see one hand, how he can squeeze one mm -hmm. little kid. And the strength to crush their neck takes a lot of strength. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he sat on the other side of the corridor, turned on his flashlight, and pre-focused his camera on the barred window somewhere down the corridor behind the... Uh, the journalist, this Leitner's guy, was a guard, and he made a hissing sound. The guards liked to torture him and feared that he, you know, who feared they would kill him. Yeah. So the monster stirred. He growled and ran at the window, grabbing the bars and snarling. That's when he captured the picture showing him in that rage with his powerful hands holding on to the bars at the well he had, to have had like so much like rage in him just from all the stuff that happened but to carry out what he did is just i mean and one thing i was thinking about when you were saying the girls mm -hmm. why didn't he go after boys if he was a boy that lost his innocence why did he he was raped by men why he went after that's just maybe he he just was like you know, he didn't care about men. Maybe he looked at his girls, too, as more easily, like, being able to lure, to lure away mm -hmm. and to kill. Because we're supposed to be the weaker. It could have been an excuse. Yeah. It could have been an excuse. So, the next day, he returned with the warden. While guards with cock pistols watched through the little window and from the larger entrance to his cell in which he had been kept for 12 years in solitary confinement, the uh, I'll, I'll, I'll read this as it's dent, because these are the journalist's words. He's the one expressing this. I stepped into the cell. From outside the bar, the prison director, Victor Lascano, introduced me, and I foolishly and innocently held out my hand to the monster to shake. Oh, no, no, no. 
Oh, my God. He was surprised. Probably no one had ever touched him since he was locked away in 1980 following the three-year killing rampage. Uh, he stared into my eyes, then gripped my hand and began squeezing. His enormous hand, which had exerted so much pressure on Young's girl's necks, that many had their eyes popped out of the from the pressure. So, oh now turned its power on to me. Gosh, I cannot imagine being that journalist. I mean, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, especially where he would not allow anybody else to interview, but I bet he ne that journalist never made a mistake like that again of reaching his hand out if he was interviewing other killers. And God knows how that might have changed his life, you know, what yeah. happened to him afterwards, because that's a lot to interview that's a lot too i know i can't imagine mentally and it's just the way he said it it was like he was, took such pride in confessing yeah like it was like a storyteller like a kid's story you know winnie the pooh and tigger when hoppity dop up here he was just like yeah i grabbed this kid and raped her and, and broke her neck with one hand and made her eyes pop up, you know? It was just so sick. And he probably knew he couldn't get, like, long-term sentencing. Because so he was like, screw it, I don't care. I'll tell you everything I did. Because I'm going to be out in a couple years, and I'm going to do it again. Yeah. So he was like, screw that, Mass. Jeez. Yeah, look at his hands, guys. You're going to see what we're talking about. It's He's literally has hands like nobody's hands I've ever seen in my life. And, he, and the reporter so says, my hand went numb after he shook him. So if I'd be wearing a ring, my finger would have been broken. Instead, the ends of my fingers began to swell up like tiny red balloons gorged with blood. I was about to scream out when the monster suddenly stopped and smiled. He's like, here's a taste of what I did. Mm -hmm. This is what how I use my hands. That's when he decided to grant me the one and only interview he had ever made. Uh, he now invited the director of the prison in with me, but only if the director's pretty daughter, who was acting as an interpreter, came in also. Mm. Creep. He told the warden he had not touched a woman in a dozen years. He would go further with the interview, but only if he could touch the hands of the warden's daughters. And there's a picture of him mm -hmm. touching her hands. Everyone gasped. Gasp. Uh, with We three were now in the cell with a monster. Guards aimed pistols through the bars if they were ready to shoot. I hoped... I wouldn't be shot. Then the brave girl held out her hands, and the monster of the Andes very carefully touched the end of her fingers to her wrist. And there's a picture of it doing yeah. it. Oh, my God, that girl. Very brave. That's what I was going to say. She was brave. I mean, he just got done almost popping off the journalist's hand. Hands. And, and now she's so, you know, I would have been shaken like... No, I would have said, hell, I wouldn't even gone in. I would have probably do the interpretation from the cell door. Yeah. Yeah. Would he grab her by the throat and kill her? The moment passed. He released her and began talking. Later, he told us that at about 26, he was too old to attract him. 
So with pistols aimed at him continuously so he wouldn't suddenly strangle any of us, the monster of the Andes answered the questions. Questions no serial killer had ever answered before. What is it like to kill? Why kill it all? And why such young girls? Just as other men shave, shower, and eat, Lopez killed on a regular basis, slaying two, sometimes three girls every week, every month, every year, over a three-year-long murder rampage. Uh, locked within his cell, watched by nervous guards holding cock pistols, the mass murder told me, I am the man of the century. No one will ever forget me. Oh. So the monster killed his young girl victims by luring them away from the market with the promise of giving them little trinkets like a mirror or little toys. He took them to a secret hideaway where he had prepared graves. Sometimes there were bodies of earlier victims lying in the the shallow pits. Lopez lured the innocent by holding them in his arm like a loving parent before raping them at sunrise. Oh, that's So no one had a clue. No. So he explained, and these are his words, at the first sign of light, I would get excited. I forced a girl into sex and put my hands around her throat. When the sun rose, I would strangle her. It was only good if I could see her eyes. I never killed anyone at night. It would have been a waste of time or or dark. I had to watch them by daylight. He said it it took the girls 5 to 15 minutes to die. Oh, that's a lot of time to suffer. And I did the math according Uh to what he said. Over three years, three a week comes out to 468 that sounds more like it i believe it and that's if it's three he sometimes said he did four so if you do that times four it's way more yeah holy moly freaky deaky sperm spaz yeah sperm spaz i like that oh so i was very and these are his words i was very considerate I would spend a long time with them, making sure they were dead. I would use a mirror to check whether they were still breathing. Lopez slit the girl's wrists and or throats to see if blood was still pumping. If they had somehow survived, he finished them off. And his words, Sometimes I had to kill them all over again, he admitted. They never screamed because they didn't expect anything would happen. They were so innocent. Oh, my gosh. That's because little children are innocent. Oh, my God. This man makes me sick. Like, I'm really throwing, holding the vomit back. He explained how he snared the victims. His words, I walked among the markets searching for a girl with a certain look on her face, a look of innocence and beauty. She would be a good girl, always working with her mother. I follow them sometimes for two or three days, waiting for the moment when she was left alone. I would give her a pretty shining trinket and get her to leave with me for the edge of the town where I had promised to give her another trinket for her mom. 
So the killer also revealed he wanted to rape and kill the children of visiting tourists. So these are his words that he often followed the tourist families waiting for, uh, waiting to take their beautiful blonde daughters, but I never got the chance. Their parents were too watchful. So Lopez acted out gruesome parties with his dead victims, propping them up in their graves and talking to them. He told me and the shocked interpreter, my little friends like to have company. I often put three or four girls in a single hole and talk to them. They're dead, you son of a bitch, and they're not your friends. Oh, they're your victims. Oh, oh, God, help me get through. Okay, so it was like having a party, but after a while, because they couldn't move, I got bored and went out looking for new girls. Oh, my gosh. He explained why he only chose very young girls. It's like eating chicken. Why eat old chicken when you can have young chicken? He compared them to chickens. What the sicko? This monster's crime came to light in 1979 when a river overflowed near the town of Ambato and the bodies of four girls were washed up in the banks. Three had been strangled with such force that the eyes popped out of their sockets. The fourth child's eyes were still in her head, frozen open in horror. Oh, no. Three days later, Lopez was captured and he tried to snatch another girl. Luckily for her, the 10-year-old's mother, Carlina Poveda, saw him walking away hand in hand with her and screamed for help. Yeah. And was able to save and get the girl back, thank God. An angry mob of market workers pounced on the stranger, holding him down until the police arrived. He had been captured once before, relieved Revealed up. These Indians in Peru had me tied up and buried in sand to my neck when they found what I had been doing with their daughters. They had placed syrup on me and were going to let me be eaten by ants. Too bad that didn't happen. Man, that would have been great. I would have put that some scorpions in there too. Yeah. And I would have shoved a snake up his ass. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, But an American missionary lady came in her Jeep and promised them she would turn me over to the police. They They left me tied up in the back of her Jeep and she drove away, but she released me at the border of Columbia and then let me go. I didn't hurt her because she was too old to attract me. That, those were his description. Oh my gosh. Those are most of them things that he said. But he wasn't able to get away from the police in Ecuador. To find out whether Lopez had murdered the Riverbank Children Police Place undercover detective like Pastor Gonzalez in his cell, the priest that was pretending to be a prisoner. An imp- yeah, in prison. And so for 27 days, he said, I hardly slept, afraid I'd be strangled in my bed, the priest. Uh, I kept a towel wrapped around my throat. But I tricked Lopez into confessing by pretending I was a rapist, too. Oh, boy. He he busted to... What? How do you say? Boosted or... He... Uh... 
uh, he boasted. He boasted to me of murder after murder in Ecuador, Colombia, and Peru. It was beyond my wildest nightmares. He told me everything. Lopez took shocked police to the graves of 53 victims, then refused to help any further. Two months later, in 1980, he pleaded guilty to 110 charges of murders. Police said the killer could have been charged with a total of 350 murders of missing girls, but additional trials in Colombia and Peru would have been too complex and costly. Mm-hmm. Well, take the 25000 from the parents, and there you, there's your budget. Yeah, there you go. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh. Lopez was already a convicted murderer before he started preying on girls. He had slit the throats of three men who had raped him when he was 18 in the jail. Um, But they decided not to add anything to his jail sentence. They should have. And Lopez said he knew from the age of eight that he was going to be a killer. So it wasn't even just his circumstances. He just was... He was just messed up. Turn into that, yeah. He's just messed up. He explained, I was the seventh uh, son of 13 children of a prostitute in Tolima, Colombia. All the children slept in one big bed behind a drawn curtain while our mother did her business with men. My mother threw me out when I was eight after she caught me touching my sister's breast. She took me to the edge of the town, but I found my way home again. Next day, she took me on a bus and left me off more than 200 miles from home. There I was founded by a man who took me into an abandoned building and raped me over and over again. I decided then to do the same to as many girls as possible. He tried to explain his killings, comparing himself to his spectators who attended bullfights to watch the moment of truth when the fighting ball or the matador faces death. Hmm. Said the monster of the Andes, there is a wonderful moment, moment, a divine moment, when I have my hands around a young girl's throat. I look into their eyes and see a certain light, a spark, suddenly go out. Only those who will kill know what I mean. Oh my gosh. The moment of death is exciting. Someday, when I am released, I will feel that moment again. I will be happy to kill again. It is my mission. Now, with those words, why would you release someone? I just, I have no words. I have no words either. It's shocking. The night I went to my hotel room, shaken, knowing I had just met the devil inside a man, I locked my door carefully. The world's worst serial killer was out there in the night, just a quarter of a mile away. I closed down the wooden shutters to my room and carefully locked them, and I was unnerved. I pushed a piece of furniture up against the door, then I drifted into trouble sleep. That was the interviewer, Leitner's. Well, after interviewing somebody like that, it would be like, gosh, what other monsters are out there? Exactly. 
You know, you've got this one that's locked up, but who knows if Tom, Dick, and Harry that live next door. They exactly <laughs> aren't the same, or even worse. God, uh-uh. So at 3 a.m., I woke up to find a hand around my throat, squeezing and choking me. I screamed and fell onto the floor, almost breaking my elbow. That's when I discovered it was my own hand, thank God. <laughs> so he probably was having nightmares. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. In my disturbed sleep... It had made its way protectively around my throat. I thought over and over again of more than 350 young girls who had died alone and terrified in the hands of this monster and the dark secrets he had told me. Ever since the interview, I kept hearing the voice of the world's most deadly serial killer laughing. I will soon be a free man again. Uh, they are releasing me on good behavior in 1998 or 1999. Laughing. Can you imagine have to live with that sentence in your brain, like have that haunt you? For much of his 18 years in captivity, uh, he feared he would be extradited extradited to Colombia where he would face the firing squad in in a country with a death penalty but it never happened instead modern history's worst killer was released into the night they came from Pedro Alonso Lopez the monster of the Andes some hours after midnight just after New Year's of 1999 Four loyal prison guards and an officer took him out to the solitary cell confinement number 29 in Pinal Garcia de Moreno, to which he had been moved in Quito and with his powerful hands coughed behind his back, put the world's worst cellular killer in the back of a locked police van. Lopez must have been fearful. Would they simply kill him for the reward money offered for so many years? But the night, but that night, there were no attempts on his life, according to the police, and the monster of the Andes went free. Mm. Followed by two escorted vehicles protecting the mass murder from possible attack by families and vict- of the victims, he was driven to the Colombian border. The Ecuadorian government said they would deported him because he had to, no visa to stay in Ecuador. Uh, Lopez was given a bottle of water, newer shoes, shirts and pants, and a small number of Colombian pesos and a package of food and then was set loose. Why? That's not how you deport them. You, you, when you deport someone, you turn them into the authorities. You hand it to, to them to the and say, here you go, go. You don't let them loose. You see how many times? Yeah, it was just like... And he says he got lucky. He's right. That's, I mean, nobody should, yeah, no. So a, a week later, police found the monster of the Andes back in Ecuador, the best country for a serial killer because of the lack of death penalty. Mm-hmm. They quickly took him into Colombia and told him to never return. So meanwhile, in Colombia, Ecuador and Peru, families who have heard the monster has been freed are watching carefully over their young girls and was being described as a life of terror. True. Yeah. 
Phone lines, radio, television stations in the three countries have been full of sightings and citizens calling to police to act immediately and capture him. Jose Rivas, commander of the Carchi police in Ecuador, said Lopez was seen in the mountains between Ecuador and Colombia. Police who are carrying my photographs of Lopez are currently searching without success. I would have held Ecuador responsible for letting him free. Yeah. No doubt. Quizzed about the killer's release sometime 1998 and 1999, prison's ministry, Pablo Faguero admitted, yes, it does sound strange, but that is our law. The law of no execution or sentences longer than 20 years was passed over 100 years ago to protect presidents of Ecuador from being killed following revolutions and military copes. In the past, they had been executed in horrific ways, like being pulled apart uh, by four horses. Uh, so the Law seemed humane. No. No. I don't agree. Do you know if it's changed now? Is it different? Now there is. uh, But they're so corrupt now that if you give them money, they let you go. If you pay enough money to the judge, he will find them not guilty. So it's who has the money to pay the judge, and that's it. So if you get all these cartel people, yeah, they have the money here. Have a couple hundred thousands. Find me not guilty. Or I'll kill your whole family. Not guilty. So, yeah, yeah, they do have more longer sentencing. They have life in prison. But nobody makes it that far because the money is what makes the monkey dance. To me, it's kind of like O.J. Simpson. Like when he got off, it was all about... It's the same thing in Ecuador. It's so corrupt that... Nobody is ever going to have life in prison. Mm-mm. Never. Because they're going to pay their way out of it. That's how it is now. Unless they're like poor or something. Huh? Yeah. But still, if they can pay. So Victor Lascano, governor of Ambato Jail, where Lopez was first held before transfer to Quito, is terrified that he will strike again. Oh, I'd be terrified too. So he said, God save the children. He is unreformed and totally remorseless. This whole nightmare may start again. He won't live long, uh, predicted uh, the tough mother of Maria Poveda, the young Ecuadorian who was able to save her girl. It will be a kindness to the world for someone to murder this man, the yeah. monster of the Andes, won't last long on the outside. Maybe that is why we haven't heard of more missing girls. Perhaps someone, even the police in Colombia or Ecuador, had already killed him. If they have, I hope they made him suffer. Amen. Amen. Since he was taken into Colombia for the second time, Lopez had not been heard since. There have been no cases of missing girls reported. No one knows if he's still alive. Oh, wow. Yep. So police believed it likely that many fathers and brothers of murdered little girls would go after the monster when he was released. Perhaps the monster of the Andes was finally murdered by someone who felt they were doing humanity a service. You know what? I think they... Amen. Give him a purple heart. 
Yes. When news of the secret release of Pedro Alonso Lopez was first announced, there was an angry, an anger among the victims' families and some talk of trying to change Ecuador's constitution to reinstate the death penalty, but soon faded away. Wow. Yep. So, no, this is repeated. Repeat. So he just was released, but nobody knows if he was dead or not dead. And right now he'd be, what, in his 80s or 90s? In his 80s. But there was never reports. So the clue that he was still alive would have been... The children missing. The children missing in massive amounts. But there was never reported. So he most likely was killed. Yeah. And I hope he was. Like... That mm-hmm. would have been a day of celebration. Celebration. It should be a holiday. Like seriously, he most likely got killed. Yeah. By somebody. I'm so glad. Make so his glad. body mincemeat. Chop it up small. Mm-hmm. Grind it up. Put it through a. Wheelchair. Oh yeah, and make him suffer. Like yeah. cut piece by piece. Yeah. Like cut the tip tip of his penis. You know, just slice it up like a freaking sausage. Just made him bleed and made him scream and throw some lemon and make it burn. Like, oh, yeah, I swear. And pop his eyeballs out. Oh, yeah. Sick bastard. Oh, it's it's very disturbing, disgusting. And it was hard for me to go through this. So and then she had to do it a second time. I feel so bad. Yeah. So can you do one of your card readings? Oh yeah. Let me. I need a cleanser. Let's do one of your cards instead okay. of mine because I don't want a grateful card after this. We need something. Well, this one's good. Higher than that. The blessing of letting go. Free mm. yourself from negative entanglements by letting go of emotional ties, beliefs, and outdated ways of thinking that no longer serve you. You have the power that which you let go will transform into an endless blessing. Nice. So let it let it let, let it, it go, go, guys. It's kinda of like after I did the freeway killer, the William Bonin, I felt so free yes. of not having to think about that person again. And I, so I totally, totally get where you're coming from. And if, yeah. Yes, I'm glad this is over. So, like, we want to bring you guys the content. Just know that it's not always easy to have to talk to about these talk people. Talk about this and give the details. And in Ecuador, they don't give you much details out of respect for the dead. Yeah. Like, they won't give names of the girls. So, there's a few pictures online that you can see of some of the victims. But out of respect, they don't like to give that many details about them. So, that's why it's more about him and not... About the victims. The victims. Like, well, yeah. we honor you victims, you cute we, little angels those, that died so yeah, soon. Rest in peace, you little the, sweet peas. The hands For of sure. Of a monster. The worst one in the history of the world. God. Yeah. So let go, people. Let, let go, go of all the bad. Let it go. Just hang on to the positive. Let it go. Let it go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's see. Oh, yeah. Like, where can you guys find our shows? You can find them on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, 
iHeart, Samsung Podcast, Podcast Inbox, Deezer, Listen Notes, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Podcasts, RSS, and tune in. All those places you can find us. There's no excuse, guys. Get out there and find us and, and share follow it. us and share and rate us. We yes, need ratings. Ratings, please. So it boosts our visibility. Please, please go in and rate us so that it boosts our visibility. Follow us and share with as many people as you can. Yeah. Please, please, please. Also, share with us your personal stories if you have any. Uh, email us. Tell us about you. If you want us to share something on one of our episodes, uh, please do. Email yeah. us. Our email is whathappensafterdarkll at gmail.com. Also, you can find us on social media on Facebook, Luna Wad, W-H-A-D, Lee, L-E-E. Instagram, What Happens After Dark LL, TikTok, WAD1210, WHAD1210. And the most important, our Patreon website. You can find us on patreon.com, What Happens After Dark, and that's where you can donate so we can improve our equipment, so we can, you know, bring more content and more episodes to you. Donate. Uh, we'll be very grateful. And we will have some special surprises for you. We are still working on our website and the merchandise that's coming. So just donate for now. That'll give us um, the funds that we need to finish creating the merchandise, the website, the getting better equipment and all that stuff so that we can keep entertaining you because that's what we want to do is entertain you. Yep, we do want to entertain you. We've released some of our episodes onto Patreon. We're not going to put all of them on there. They're kind of like little teasers, so you can kind of see what we're about. But once you have donated, then there will be exclusive content for only you, you. to listen to. Yes, yeah, so there will be exclusive episodes mm -hmm. only for Patreons that will only be on that website if you donate. So the first ones are just to give you a... a like a an feel and an idea of what we are and what we do and then the best the best are coming uh, as exclusive only for you so please 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 uh, donate and help us out we would really be grateful for that and we want to thank you for yes, joining us you. for this episode thank you thank you thank you so much we love you all have a great night Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay bright. Stay light. Stay positive. And bye. bye.